What's up, everyone? Excited about pod number seven with USA member Amanda Johansson. Amanda is a USA graduate in 2016 where she was a two-time All-American and a two-time captain for the program. There, she helped bring them to their first NCAA playoff appearance. She has now brought her skills over to the coaching sphere where she was an assistant at USC, a grad assistant at Mount St. Mary's, and is now the assistant coach at Hofstra University. She's very in tune with her nutrition, her workout regimen, and she talks about her journey in lacrosse. We're excited for you guys to listen. Hope you enjoy. Has your summer been starting off? Do you want to talk about what you're up to? Sure. So um, summer, or I guess break, came a little bit sooner than uh, I had thought. Um, obviously, with you know COVID and everything, our season came to an abrupt ending, and that was definitely tough. Um, I felt horrible for the team, and I felt horrible for everybody who is you know in their current seasons. Um, however, I think everyone really made you know the best out of it, and um, everyone really understood that health was the most important thing and, and family and just your safety in general. So after, you know, a few weeks of it just being super iffy, like, are we going back? Are things over? Like what's happening? Um, I kind of just got settled into um, a different mode and it was just figuring out, you know, how to make the best of my time during this quarantine. Um, I'm home with my family on Long Island and I've just been spending a ton of time, you know, with my family and uh, trying out different hobbies because I'm not used to having all of this time. Uh, my sister, she's a senior at USC, so she came home early too, and I celebrated her graduation at home. We've been doing, you know, a ton of workouts across, and we, we tried painting, tried all, a bunch of different things, um, just so, you know, really, it was just trying to fill the days at the beginning, um, but now things are starting to get back into the swing of things. I'm getting out there um, all the time, and I'm uh, training, you know, youth kids. And uh, that's been super fun, just getting the stick back in my hand and and, and seeing just, you know, kids outside again. Um, so it's definitely, it was, it was an interesting start to the summer. Um, but now things are definitely seeing like it's going in uh, the right direction. Right. So you're at uh, Mount St. Mary's, correct? No, um, I'm at Hofstra. Oh, sorry, Hofstra. So you were, you yeah. started off at Mount St. Mary's and then went yeah. to so after I graduated USC, I was a grad assistant at Mount St. Mary's. Um, I got my master's in sports management, and then I coached at USC. And then I came home, and I'm coaching at Hofstra. And I just got my uh, – I was just a regular assistant coach, but I also was getting my degree as well, and I just got my master's in sports science. Awesome. And that's my bad. I, I knew that. Oh, don't worry. Mental blunders. But uh, so sort of, I guess, coming right out of college, did you know you were going to get into the coaching sphere? How did that sort of start from there? Uh, no. So I, um, I was a business major at USC. I was in the Marshall School of Business and super interested in, in sports business. Um, my dad and my older brother, um, they're business guys. And I just kind of was following that just because it was what I was used to at home. Um, and I loved it. It was an awesome experience. But I just felt like I wasn't ready, you know, when it came to graduation, um, I had an internship, I had internships throughout college. Um, I had a job lined up and then I kind of was just not ready to, um, step out of lacrosse. Um, I did not want to go sit at a desk. I just wanted to do whatever it kind of took to carry it out a little bit longer. Um, and thankfully that summer there was uh the uwlx it was the first year of like the women's semi-professional league and 
and I played in one of my coaches, Lauren Schwartzman, and she uh, just asked me if I was interested at all in being the GA at Mount St. Mary's. And it was like totally, completely like random, but I just felt like I had to, you know, take it. And it was an awesome experience. I learned so much from her. Um, I loved coaching. And, and from there, after I got the degree there, um, coached back in California at USC. And then, you know, I've continued it since. Um, it's just so cool where coaching can kind of take you. Obviously, I was in Maryland, and then I was in California. And now I'm, I'm back home with my family on Long Island. And uh, just the people and being able to be active and and teach and and do everything around the sport that I love is has been huge. Why did you Why did you decide to come back to Hofstra from USC after you were just at USC coaching for one year? Yeah, um, I think I'm always kind of just looking towards what I want to do in the future, and I, I try to like set myself up with um, just in general like experience. So I I absolutely love USC. It's my favorite place on earth. But um, I wanted to continue to get a degree, um, and I was really interested in sports science, and I. I thought I wanted to be um, a nutritionist or just something in the realm of sports nutrition. And, and I had an opportunity to be able to coach at Hofstra and also um, get a degree. And they had the sports science program that I loved. And it was just a really convenient and, and awesome situation where uh, there's a great school, a great team, um, an awesome coaching staff. And I, my home, like my family's house is 15 minutes away from the school and I'd also be able to get a degree. Um, so it's kind of something that I, I felt like I couldn't pass up. And then kind of looking forward a little bit, I just, I try not to say kind of here, uh, <laughs> but uh, with like the sports science stuff, looking forward, are you trying to like stay in coaching and just like slowly implement that like nutrition and sports science stuff? Or how do you kind of see that mixing in? Yeah, uh, to be honest, it's been pretty much like a side hustle for me while coaching. Um, I, it's not like I, I see myself stepping out of coaching anytime soon. Um, I love it. I'm very happy doing it. It's just, um, I'm not somebody that ever can like have free time and, and just like relax and enjoy it. I, I need to always be, uh, I just have that mentality of like, you know, trying to work and do whatever I can while I can. Um, and I don't really find like, fitness, nutrition, all of that, like, it doesn't feel like work to me. So when I do have free time outside of the office, outside of coaching, um, it's just something that I love to do. So I figured if I can get certified, which I, I you know, I got my certification, I got my degree and um, kind of starting up a little bit, just doing the nutrition, the sports nutrition thing. And I have like an Instagram account that it kind of just like to share with, you know, the young lacrosse players, you know, what I eat, how I work out, um, things like that. And I've gotten some pretty good feedback from it all. So um, I guess it's more of like a, a hobby that I like to do on the side. Um, but I definitely, you know, in the future potentially might, you know, take that a little bit more to the next level. But right now it's just really like a side thing. Since you, since you kind of got started with that, with that stuff, what's been like the most positive change that you've made from like a nutrition and like just as you, as you get more familiar with just that space? Yeah. What would you say has been like the biggest, most positive change that you've really loved so far? Um, I really just think that I love being able to share like what I wish I knew. Um, and I've spoken to a few younger uh, club players and club teams and coaches and just giving them advice um, for things that I had wish I knew before college. And not to get like too into detail, but 
um, I, I always like worked out like crazy. I was always prepared. I practiced a lot. I did everything I could to be like the best student athlete possible, but I just don't think going into college, like I was eating properly. And I used to even throughout the club circuit when I was younger, like I would go run midi like seven games in a row on a hundred degree day. And like, I'd come home and I would be like sick. I'd be shaking it. I'd be passing out. And like, I just thought that was because I worked really hard. I didn't know that there was a way that like, you didn't have to feel that way. Like you can go put all your energy out there and do all these things and like not be sick um, by the afternoon. So when I got to college, I think it just took a lot of experimenting for me to see what worked um, for myself, how, how I knew I, you know, I had the proper nutrition. I was um, not just taking in enough calories, but I was eating like the right foods, um, just things that would, you know, provide me energy and then recovery and really just utilizing my past experiences is, is what I try to just help out with anybody that, you know, I see now, whether I work with them with lacrosse or I just, you know, I, I meet them um, just, I don't know, in, in my town, but I, I just try to, you know, give them a little bit of tips on, on things that they can do to get ready, um, whether it's heading into college or, or while they're in high school or middle school. Uh, that's awesome. I love that. And I think more and more people are starting to realize nutrition is a huge key uh, to yeah. success on the field. So I guess for you personally, so do you have a seven day plan or do you go day to day? What does your daily like day look like in terms of food? Um, I don't, I'm somebody that like can easily get like too organized with things. So I try to just, um, eat what I feel like eating, but I am smart about my choices. So I have the biggest sweet tooth. I'm going to probably have a dessert every single day, but I, I make it so that, you know, it's just like a small part of my day. Um, if I really want something, I have it. Usually um, I like to have protein shakes post-workout, which is something I never had before. Um, I think in the past it was kind of just like I worked out and then like I ate the next time I was like hungry um, versus now I'm like more actively choosing the right things to have. So in a normal day, I wake up super early. Um, I always have, but now I have a puppy and like he doesn't sleep. So I'm up at like 4.30 in the morning um, and I'll usually try to get my workout in at the start of my day. So my like go-to thing is like uh, medjool dates with a little bit of almond butter. It's like, the, it just gives me energy. It's something that I love. I tell everyone about it. I'm like, you have to try it. It sounds gross. Um, so I have that. Then I do my workout, have a protein shake. And then I really just, I'll have lunch and dinner, but in between, if I'm hungry, I make sure that I'm snacking. I try to, um, if I'm going to have, if I know I'm going to work out, I try to have a carb with a protein, add healthy fats throughout my day, um, tons of vegetables. And I, I'm somebody that is, uh, I wouldn't say I'm vegetarian or vegan, but I tend to really like a lot more of plant-based foods. It just makes me feel better. So I do that, but also occasionally with my family, we have, you know, the steak, chicken, shrimp, seafood. So I really eat a lot of everything. I don't have a set plan, but I just try to, like I mentioned earlier, just be more active in choosing the the right types of food to eat and, and things that would really benefit me. You mentioned like experience, like experimenting with stuff through college mm -hmm. when it came to nutrition. Yeah. Was there anything that you tried that like didn't work out for you or how did you kind of get into it and start like educating yourself when you first got into the nutrition stuff? And what were kind of like resources that you leaned on or how did you kind of get into it like and start getting? So I think I was, I think I was just like a little bit naive about everything. Um, I, I played a ton of different sports growing up um, and 
I first in, I don't know what it was, but like in the back of my mind, I was like, when I have candy before I play, I feel better. And I, I play, I have energy. So I literally used to just eat like Caesar salad and candy growing up. Like it was it's ridiculous. Like, I don't know why I did that for so long. And obviously that wasn't going to sustain me when I got to college. So um, I all of a sudden, I think tried to be like super, like I'm eating grilled chicken and vegetables because I'm supposed to do that. It's good for you. And I just, that wasn't sustainable either because I didn't like it. I was like, I was forcing myself to eat these foods that I thought I had to eat. Um, and then I, I tried being like adding avocado to everything. And then I found out I had an avocado allergy, just like a lot of crazy things happened. Um, and then eventually I just was like, all right, if I have, I don't know, almond milk felt better to me than regular milk, things like that. I just kind of just tried it all out and it worked. At USC, we had awesome nutrition resources. We had nutritionists um, that are part of the staff and definitely ask them questions, but I'm somebody that's very much so like, I want to try it and figure it out on my own. Um, so I, I probably didn't use my resources as much as I could have. Um, so again, that's something that I try to stress to other people to use your resources more than I did, because I probably could have figured it all out way earlier. What are your, what are your favorite resources now? Um, so I have a couple of teammates that I played with. Uh, specifically, I had a teammate, Carly Haran. She's actually a dietitian. Um, I ask her like questions all the time. We talk about nutrition a lot. Um, I think now what's so crazy is like Instagram. I think a lot of people are getting information off of Instagram. And um, I think there's some really awesome accounts out there. And there, there's really, you know, great things that you can learn. But then I think there's also um, accounts that, might turn that might be giving you information that um doesn't really relate to female athletes like i think people need to realize that female athletes may need to eat differently and have a different lifestyle than somebody who isn't you know working out at all during throughout the day and so i think there are definitely accounts out there that are great um again like just being specific my i have my two teammates nina kelty and carly Huran. i think that they've done a really great job with that so i definitely go to them for a lot of information. Well, I guess I'm looking at the Instagram and it looks that some of the food just looks amazing. Uh, so it's AJ seven health. Is oh it? yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's your staple in terms of like food per day or like leading up to a game, I guess yeah. 36 hours, you have like a staple for like food you want to eat prior to your game day. Um, I'm definitely one of the like, toast with banana and peanut butter kind of person but uh I like to have like smoothies in the morning um so if I were to have like a game in the afternoon I, I would definitely have a green smoothie in the morning and then before the game I would um have some sort of carbon protein so either whether it's like toast banana and peanut butter or almond butter um I love sweet potatoes as well I found that that that's a huge um part of you know my diet so uh probably add sweet potatoes in there but I'm very like, I like sweet things. So I try to even make like savory food sweet, if that even makes sense. Yeah. So if I have a sweet potato, I'm not having it how most people will. I'm putting like almond butter and honey and cinnamon on it. I'm just making everything. I like sweet things. So if I have a game, it's probably one I'm stick, going to stick to. So now you have a, your pregame stuff in order yeah. to give you, you have a post game in terms of like your sweets or something. Yeah. So when I was in college, like you go to the tailgate after, um, I only ate like the pumpkin bread and banana breads and things like that. And now I try to be a little smarter. The first thing that I do after a game is I'll just have a protein shake. 
so that I know that at least I'm getting that in, I'm getting some recovery. And then when I go make the other decisions of what I want to eat, um, it's okay because I just did play a game and I got in my protein and now I can, you know, go treat myself. Right. I was actually talking with someone today or yesterday morning about like just recovery sake because mm-hmm. our tournament's coming up and it's like a three-week uh, program. Yeah. And we have to be – the recovery process is the biggest part. And he was talking about like creatine and like it's one of like the biggest things to help recovery. Do you know anything? Have you ever taken it or anything like that? Um, I haven't taken it. Uh, I did learn about it in my class. We had a presentation once. Creatine is definitely um, – it's – the, the best supplement you can have if you're if you take it properly so like if you were to go by like the proper quantities and the timing um it's awesome it definitely is something that's going to build strength quick and you know help your muscles with recovery um i stick to more like the plant-based proteins i don't, I don't know why i have no reason i think i just like the way it tastes so i'm always having vega um and i like vega sport because it has um like it 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 also promotes recovery. It has cherry juice in it, uh, which is huge for recovery and just like a few other things. Obviously it's all natural because it's plant-based. So that's kind of what I stick to. Um, I know that mm, athletes who are like powerlifters and things like that, they're, they creatine, creatine is huge for them, but um, I'm not so much for lacrosse. I, for female lacrosse players, I don't think it's really necessary, but I can see for male lacrosse players, it, it, especially with what you're, you know, prepping for it could be huge you mentioned like the timing with creatine just with your diet overall do you like focus on the, the timing at all do you do any like time restricted eating or anything like that or just focus on when you're eating certain types of foods just based on the time of day at all um not really i feel like i have times where i'm like hungriest which is like right when i wake up. people usually struggle to have breakfast i like look forward to having breakfast so um i'm hungry in the morning and then i was kind of an ideal dinner time for me would be like 4.30. I try my best to not do that because I like to be able to be social with my dinner. So I, might, I don't want to like eat at four when like my friends are eating at like 6.30. Mm-hmm. But um, I haven't done any of like that fasting that, you know, a lot of people really believe in. Um, I'm sure that that works, but I, I really just think everything is just dependent on you as a person. Um, if I'm hungry at a certain time, I don't want to have to wait like three more hours until I can eat. I just think that's a little restrictive, but um, again, I think everything just works for, you know, all different people. My main timing that I focus on is really just, um, carbs, pre-workout, protein, post-workout, and then the rest of my day, I just try to be healthy. And then if I want a dessert, I have it. Nice. And then you mentioned too, you've mentioned a couple of times, I've heard you say, you know, female athlete versus male athlete. What do you think is the biggest difference in terms of nutrition for a female athlete to focus on that maybe a male athlete wouldn't have to focus on or vice versa? I would just say like your goals. So um, I think female athletes have to make sure that they're not um, not taking in enough calories. Like they need to take in more calories than they think is enough. Like you, a lot of times, like I just feel like um, depending on who you're around. So it, when I'm at home, like all my best friends at home, nobody played sports in college. They're not really athletes. Um, but then if I'm with my school friends from USC, like we're all, we all like kind of eat the same way when we know it's normal to have all the same amount of calories. Um, and again, I'm not like, I don't count calories. I'm just using it as a general statement, but I just feel like if I were to compare myself to my friends at home um, who don't have the same active lifestyle as, as I do, I just want to not be consuming enough. So I just think like when you think of females, it's a little bit more specific because I think that they tend to try to um, 
have too little instead of, you know, not being afraid to, to have what you need and what your, what your body's telling you you need. And I think males, I just think the sport is a little bit different. So I think in men's lacrosse, obviously there's a little bit more contact there is in female lacrosse in women's lacrosse. Um, they have to be able to take a little bit more hits, hit more. Maybe they need to, they probably need more muscle mass on their body than you do. Um, as a midi, I think in women's lacrosse, I'm probably doing a ton of running. So I'm not really trying to um, bulk up, but I'm trying to be super strong as well as quick and have the endurance. So there's just so many different aspects I think that goes into, you know, what your goal is as an athlete and, and nutrition is really specific to that. So I wouldn't say like, there's really such a difference between males and females, but I, I just think it comes more to like the mindset when it comes to eating and, and the ideals that are around it. Very interesting. I think uh, definitely everybody's different in their, in their approach towards everything. Obviously male and female, female may be very different. How about in terms of like sleep, you say you eat at 4.30. Uh, does that mean you're going to bed early? I know you're waking up early. Uh, what's your sleep, sleep cycle like? Um, I definitely focus on getting a good sleep when I was, you know, in college when I was like a full-time student athlete. If mm -hmm. I have something coming up, like if I know I have games or um, a training weekend or something like that, I, I will really dial in and focus and try to get eight hours. But right now like day to day um i'm I, I would say like i probably am like an 11 to a 4 30 person which yes is not it's not enough i wouldn't like suggest that to anybody else it's just kind of what's happening now if i feel like i needed more sleep i would definitely um go to sleep early but i have found out as a, as you get older um and i don't think there's any scientific facts to back this so i don't take my word on it but i feel like it's definitely been easier to um for me at least to to work as efficiently off of a little bit less sleep uh where i i made a conscious decision to to get in enough sleep and and to get you know rested and recovered um you know when i was in college and also when i'm in season 100 yeah I can, I can agree to that i'm trying to get like eight i remember like in college i listened to jj watt and he was like i get 10 hours yeah before because like olympic athletes that they're doing i tried to base it off that for a little bit but uh i'm in the ballpark of eight as well yeah. so you like that uh working off that so i feel like if i was like in the olympics i would definitely be like all right i'm getting 10 hours like i'd i'd figure it out but just kind of like living your life I, I just feel like it's it's tough to to be able to do that no doubt so nutrition sleep how about uh, your workouts? Uh, obviously, being a minute, you're running up and down. Your cardiovascular, you have to work on. Uh, what if, how has that developed since maybe high school? And what do you focus on now? Um, yeah, so when I was in high school, I uh, played soccer, basketball, and lacrosse. And I was just always playing games, practices, running around, doing everything. So I never put in like any extra work, um, whether it was lifting or running or anything like that, just because I every single day I was just going, going, going. Mm -hmm. When I got to college, um, that was honestly the first time I was exposed to lifting. Uh, and that's another thing that I try to tell people, like expose yourself to weightlifting before you get to college. Um, they'll teach you everything you need to know, but it's just way easier of a transition when you um, are confident in lifting and, and you're not having to learn it on the go. Um, but uh, in college did the whole obviously lifting, running, they had it more organized. I did everything that they told us to do in the off season. I ran the workout packets, um, but I love to run. So I always did a, like a lot of long distance on my own. 
Um, it took me a bit to realize I probably don't have to run as much as I did long distance wise. It, 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 it basically like, I didn't want to, I needed to work more on my fast twitch muscles versus my slow twitch. I was running so long that I wasn't getting faster. I was just running a lot of mileage and probably wasn't the best for my body. So I stopped doing that. Um, now I feel like I'm probably in my best game shape than I ever have been. And I think it just comes down to, um, again, experience, but what I'll do now, um, over the year, obviously I haven't been there in the past couple of months just because of everything going on, but, um, I loved orange theory fitness. I just felt like I can go there for an hour. I, I got a pretty good workout. Um, and I would normally do that every day. And then I would have, um, either, uh, an endurance day, a sprint day, um, or I would have like a, a weightlifting day. So I'm not the best. Um, I, I can't just like go to a gym and lift. I need somebody really with me for that. So I still go to a trainer um, twice or three times a week when I do my lifting. And then I'm totally fine with all the running and cardio and everything like that. So then the other three days I focus on um, different types of cardio on my own. So I was always doing like two things every day. Um, so that's kind of how I still do it. I make sure that I have one full recovery day if I had woken up and if I wake up in the morning and I'm like, wow, I just feel exhausted. I will just give myself a rest day, but normally I'm able to go six days a week. You mentioned needing to focus more on the fast twitch muscles and movements versus the slow twitch. What has yeah. been like most beneficial for you to really focus on that fast twitch movements? And like, what have you found has been, have you felt like the most benefit of doing in that regard with fast twitch? Yeah. So, um, I feel like every time I play lacrosse, if I like ask coaches for feedback, like, all right, what can I get better? How can I get better? It's always comes down to um, a lot of times like footwork. So f I'm very tall. Um, and I always like use that to my advantage where like when I was running mini, I take like big strides and that's not like fast, quick footwork. So when I was a defender, so when I play defense, um, I think my downfall is I still try to just take those big steps. Um, and I, you know, I run with my player versus, short, choppy, quick movements, things like that. Um, so I know my footwork always is something that I need to improve on. So I have been doing tons of just like cone drills, ladder work. Um, when I do sprints, I focus really hard on my turns. So getting in and getting out, like a plant and pivot kind of thing. Um, just little things to just make sure that I'm, I'm consciously breaking my feet down um, and getting quicker versus always focusing on being fast and running far. So my like 100 yard sprint, totally fine. I'm fast. If you have me doing like five yard things, like I struggle with that. So just knowing my weaknesses, I've tried to um, really work on that with, again, just cone drills, ladder drills, different things like that. It's awesome. So if you were to prepare for uh, a game this weekend, uh, say, it was, say it was Monday and you had maybe the amount of time you put in, you say you do six days a week. If yeah. you had 10% of that time to put in like specific work, intentional work, what would you focus on in terms of getting ready for a game? I play a lot of lacrosse. So I would go out there with uh, a buddy, a coach, my sister, and I would just do tons of cutting, catching, shooting, like literally everything, just high speed, full intensity for a full hour. Um, when I'm tired, I want to get those reps in and then I would probably get in two days of some sprint work, one day of a longer run, um, and then get a rest day or, or 
bike uh, the day before the game. So I have the Pel uh, Peloton, Peloton as well. Um, I've been using that a lot. It's been really great when I don't want to put like impact on my body and um, kind of have more of an active recovery day. So that's kind of probably what I would do if I only had a few days, but it'd mostly be the stick in my hand fitness with lacrosse. That's awesome. Uh, so you say to play, you played three different sports. Uh, was there a moment uh, that you realized, hey, I want to go uh, full-time sort of lacrosse and pursue this in college? Sort of when did that start? Was it in middle school even? Um, yeah, so I was like really big soccer player when I was younger. Um, I always wanted to be like USA soccer player, Mia Hamm, everything like that. And then I think I just, I picked up lacrosse I don't know. I feel like everyone plays soccer when they're like are three years old and they just like play their whole life. And then I picked up lacrosse and I say late, but I was in like second grade. Um, and I just feel like with lacrosse, I was able to continue to get better and like try new things. And I, the sport just like changed every year to me where like soccer, I just, I love soccer still, but I just felt like I was kind of just like repeating year after year. Um, the same stuff, the game wasn't really changing. I, I don't know. I, I was sort of plateauing a bit and I, that frustrated me and I just felt like lacrosse, I just had a lot more that I could give and uh, I can grow. Um, and I think basketball was probably a big game changer for me with um, getting better at lacrosse. Um, I loved playing basketball. Um, we had a very good team in high school. It, uh, you know, I was a point guard and I was tall for a point guard too. And I think that that just helped me get it more shifty and, and attack the hoop. Like I would attack uh, the Cajun lacrosse and, and just my defense in general, that play. Um, I think basketball just helped me love lacrosse even more. So I feel like when I hit around ninth grade and, and your people are talking to me about like where I want to go to college and um, I felt almost like forced to, to pick a sport around that time. And um, it always was soccer. And I had some offers with, I'm sorry, it always was lacrosse starting in ninth grade. And, and I had some offers with basketball and soccer along the way, but um, I just felt like lacrosse was where I could go the best academically with um, what I had to offer. Um, and I'm really happy I made that decision because there was no pro team or anything after. And I feel like that's why everyone loves soccer too, because you just like, you see how great, you know, uh, the USA women's soccer team is and, and their opportunities that they have. And they definitely fought for that for a long time. But at the time when I was younger, like there was really nothing to look forward to with lacrosse besides, um, you know, playing on the world cup team. And my age has just been perfect with the sport. Like I graduated and there was UWLX, then there was um, the WPLL. And then because of those opportunities, I was seen after I graduated college to make it onto the USA training team, which I'm on now. And it's just like, I know this probably isn't even answering your question, but it's just, I feel like lacrosse just is so, it just evolves so much and is always changing and keeps you on your toes. And that's really why I love it. You mentioned like ninth grade kind of being the year where you're like, all right, I think I'm going to play lacrosse in college. Did you continue to play basketball and soccer? And yeah. for younger athletes, what do you think are the benefits of playing multiple sports when it go, comes to just lacrosse? Like obviously just as mm -hmm. synergy towards lacrosse, if you're serious about lacrosse, but obviously love other sports. Yeah. So I kept playing everything um, seriously throughout high school. I stopped playing on like an extra club team on the side for soccer, just because I didn't have enough time with the other lacrosse and basketball stuff. And over summer, I actually did um, 
I didn't do lacrosse camps during high school, really. I did maybe like one, but I did a lot of soccer and basketball camps. I think just because that's what my friends are doing. And um, I really, I wasn't, I did never felt pressured from my parents at all to, you know, go to camps and see coaches and do all these things and, and pursue stuff like crazy. I, I kind of just was always play things that I want to play and because I'm passionate about it. And uh, I'm really, you know, happy that was my experience because I, I never felt forced to, you know, do anything. Like I did everything because I wanted to do it. I practiced lacrosse and I put in the work and I did everything because it was my choice. Um, and so I think that, you know, if everybody can play multiple sports, um, do it. It just, it helps you so much. You, you can learn so many things from different teammates and different sports and different coaches that you experience. Um, I think for me too, like injury prevention as well, like playing basketball and being on that surface and then in soccer and what you, those movements, and then you get to the lacrosse field. And I just feel like I was using every plane and I was using every speed and I was every type of movement that like, I really didn't get, I broke my ankle in high school, but besides that, um, I like never really had injuries. And I think that that's been huge as well. Um, knock on wood, just because, you know, you see a lot of people who, who are also specific about their sport, you know, they're getting injured and they're also getting just burnt out by it. And being able to just have so many different outlets, I think is really important. You mentioned, you mentioned not playing, doing like summer tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. How did you end up at USC? How did you kind of get recruited while obviously focusing on their, on other sports throughout the summer? You know, a lot of times people yeah. are feel like they have to get recruited throughout the summer. They have to do a million things during the summer. How did that kind of work out for you? So I played club. So I played Liberty Lacrosse. Um, so I did go to tournaments, but I um, I didn't do like any extra like camps and clinics and all of those things. I did it for the other sports, and I. I definitely could have been more proactive about getting recruited with lacrosse. I, d I got lucky. Um, so really the way that my recruiting went for me, um, I was seen by like a ton of coaches at a tournament when I was in like going into my sophomore year of high school and I got a ton of interest. Um, I thought like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. I can pick from like all these schools. And then I broke my ankle and then I couldn't go to any of the tournaments for the summer going into my junior year, which at the time was like huge. Yeah. Um, and so I missed out every single tournament. Coaches came, they made, you know, people were committing all of that. And then when I was healthy and able to play again, it wasn't until the fall of my junior year. Um, and all the opportunities that I had kind of like everyone I was talking to kind of just like stopped talking to me. And so um, I really lucked out because at that time USC um, announced that they were going to have a program and it was going to start my freshman year of college. So right when they named that coach, um, somebody connected me to them. I went out, I went on a visit and I was like, this is amazing. I'm coming here. Um, and I was lucky and I committed then. Um, so, I mean, it all worked out in the end. I, I think the coach was like really surprised, like, uh, you know, that I was open and I wanted to go to USC just because the beginning, all the different schools that I was looking at. Um, but it, Again, it all works out, I feel like, for anybody. Um, it, I never would have, you know, drew it out that way, but um, I couldn't have asked for, you know, a better experience and then a better college experience. But it happens for a reason. Uh, yeah. So what sort of sold you when you went to USC? Were you looking for, I guess, the atmosphere, education, the, the mm -hmm. team? At, uh, how was that? 
Yeah, so funny story with that. Like when I was younger, my dad and I, we always watched a ton of football and a ton of college football. Um, I'm one of four siblings. We're all like within six years. So uh, we're always just all sports all the time. And um, we were watching a USC game and it was just like the in the Coliseum and you see like everyone in the stands and the student section. And I was just like, oh my God, dad, I wish that like, uh, at the time I was like, I wish that they had a lacrosse team, something like that. And um, I like fast forward like three years, um, they announced they had one. And I was like, I definitely have to check this out just because like, I remember like saying that to my dad. And um, obviously they have an awesome academic institution and they had a great business school. But um, when I was on campus, I just felt, I like actually felt like I was at a resort, like palm trees, everything was perfect, pristine. Um, it was during, I think like the football team was there over summer and I'm like watching these football players walk around. Just like, I felt like they were like celebrities and um, it just seemed like such a, a really great place to be an athlete. And um, also loved the coaches. And so I, I, uh, I think it was a combination of the warm weather um, just like, you know, what the school looked like and, and kind of that connection that I had, like was talking about with my dad when I was younger, that I was like, uh, this is a perfect place. What was it like being a part of like the first class of USC and being like, obviously starting a program? Did you guys come in with like, did you have a class of 30 girls or how what was your experience kind of like growing USC? Obviously I saw that like your last year, you guys made an NCAA tournament, made it to the quarterfinals. What was your experience like just going to a brand new program versus I'm sure all your friends were going to well-established places. Yeah. Did you feel like you were kind of missing out a little bit to start? And then once you got there, looking back, it was amazing. Or what was your experience kind of like from, from start to finish? Um, it was a super unique experience. I think to say the least. Um, I knew what I was getting myself into because, um, you know, obviously I knew that we were starting a program and it was going to be difficult. Um, so I was ready for it. I was really up to the challenge. Um, it, I, I was always somebody that like I wanted to like you know prove myself and work towards and I just felt like this was such a good opportunity to, like to be the class that creates the platform and um we can work our way from like you know zero to this and everything like that so I was like really gung-ho and really excited about it and day one uh we get there and there's like 18 of us that are freshmen there's a few kids a class above us that had been practicing there the year before us um and the coaches like put out all their rings on the table and they have like probably like 10 between the three of them there was like 10 national championship rings in usa and all these things and we all went around and we were like we had to say we're going to be national champions and i just like love that um you know i completely bought in from the start because like i wanted to be a national champion and and i think at times it kind of crossed my mind hmm, maybe starting a new program somewhere you probably won't get there but like when i when i was in that moment I was like all right we can do it um and I think just because I wanted it so bad and I was like so motivated towards it that I definitely was frustrated the first two years of the program and we improved so much and we worked so hard and I mean I loved the experience but I just I think part of me was like oh my gosh like what if we never you know make that jump and we get there like what if we we aren't great and um it was a huge learning experience. You know, it developed me more into a leader. I was super quiet. It, it made me more vocal. Um, I wanted to be a captain, so I knew I had to, you know, speak up and 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 say things that might have made me uncomfortable in the moment. And um, but by the time it, it hit our junior year, which is the third year of the program, like things just clicked. Um, we had worked so hard, and I think finally it all just like came together. Um, we were more mature. 
and we did really well that year. Uh, we made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. And then uh, the fourth year of the program, my senior year, it was just like a blast. Like the season was, I couldn't have asked for anything more fun. It was just amazing. We were undefeated. Um, and then we lost in double overtime in the Elite Eight to Syracuse. So almost the final four, but uh, definitely was a whirlwind of four years, but I'm really happy, you know, how, how we were able to just grow. And, and looking back, I, I don't think I uh, would have um, really felt that like feeling of like, we did this an accomplishment if I had gone somewhere that was already established. 100%. Yeah, I remember just getting recruited to Michigan. I felt the same thing. It was like, yeah. God, it would be cool to just be on the start of something, start a program. And uh, that's an awesome story. And I'm sure you had some ups and downs along the way. Were there maybe not even in college, but in high school, were there like failures that sort of uh, help you grow as a player, as a person even? Um, there wasn't like specific, I think, failures. I just feel like I had to learn um, just to to not like hold everything in and put everything on my shoulders. And if I was playing bad, I, I couldn't, I, I, I felt like I was, I more took myself out of games and I practiced and things mentally in college, which I had never experienced before. Like in high school, um, things were easy. Like I, 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 I was like always naturally athletic and, and I worked my butt off when I was in the moment, but I never had to do like the extra things or I never just had to focus on one season and, and, and one thing for like four years. Like it was just, I had so many different things. And then when it came to college, it was like, you are here as a student athlete, but you are also a lacrosse player. And I, I just like held myself to such a high standard that like, I felt like I was failing every single day, even though I wasn't like, if anybody else was looking in on the way that I was you know, playing, I was working, I was doing in school, they would be like, she's doing great. But like, in my mind, I was just like, not where I wanted to be yet. So I think that um, just the idea of, of things, you know, take a little bit of time, you're not gonna go out and work on something and be perfect at it the next day. Um, being able to, you know, get advice from people and talk to people about things. And, and yes, like I always was checking in on everyone else, but I felt like I wasn't checking in like on myself. Um, and I feel like a lot of people learn that in college and, and it takes time. And so I wouldn't say like I, I experienced failures, but I feel like it was just um, a little bit of like a shock when I realized like, yes, I love pressure, but like I was putting way too much pressure on myself to perform. Um, and when I made that change and I played more free, um, I not only became, you know, a better player, but a better teammate, um, was more coachable, things like that. So when do you to get to that point of like being free and mm -hmm. get less pressure on yourself? How did you work through that in terms of finding yourself? Um, uh, I feel like the, the coaches are really great with that with me, for me. Uh, I don't think that anybody on the team had ever realized that I was like always frustrated with myself, but I, it, it was like in coaches would always call you like everyone in meetings checking meetings and like I just like couldn't even speak because I just felt like I cared so much and I was like emotional about that if I was going to speak about like how disappointed I was and like where why we weren't like the best yet why I was making mistakes all the time like things like that um I couldn't even like talk about it and they did a really good job like pulling it out of me and they were they like took me out like I came out of my shell um I was definitely I like when I say I didn't really talk like I was like so quiet like the coaches would talk to me and I'd just be like yes coach and like that's it and then I started having like conversations with them and um just made me into like a more normal human um and 
it really helped. And going to my junior year, I just feel like I, I finally just like made the switch of, um, just, I, I was happy and I, I just like wanted to, I, I just felt like the first few years I wanted my parents to think like, just, you know, going to school across the country is obviously a hard thing on everyone. And I wanted them to know like how much I loved it and I was so happy and I was this. And I think I just put so much pressure on myself to like be the best first player ever when I was over there where like when I made that switch, it's like, I, I am happy. I'm just going to go out there and like do it because I love it. And um, I just feel like, I don't know, like a weight was lifted or I don't think there was like any like specific moment, but I just feel like, all right, it's been two years of this crap already. Like I'm ready to just enjoy it. Um, you know, I love my friends here. I love my team. I love my coaches and everything. And I'm, I'm happy. So like, I need to just stop putting that pressure on myself and go play. Was there, so like for me, I stopped, I stopped playing my sophomore year. I did my third ACL and then stopped playing my junior year. Um, but I was kind of like a good recruit coming out of high school. And then I got to Maryland, missed my junior and senior years across my in high school and just didn't have the success that I was hoping for and just didn't really do a good job preparing for myself with my preparing myself for college and stuff like that. Um, but it was like super hard for me to like come to terms of like, I'm like not doing as well as I want to do. And like, same thing. I remember I'd like go into meetings with my coaches and like, they would be asking me questions and I just like, couldn't talk. Like I felt like if I was going to talk and like say how disappointed in myself I was like, I literally felt like I was going to cry or something. Like I just couldn't talk about it. Was there like a moment where they kind of like talked to you and you're like, you got to like talk to us or did you just kind of decide yourself that you're just going to let this stuff out or how did you kind of come around and like get over that hump? Cause like for me, I literally didn't talk about that. Like, up until after I'd already stopped playing. Like, I literally just didn't talk to anyone about it. Like, it ate me up inside, but I just never let it out. How did you kind of get over that hump to just open up? And obviously, looking back, it's like, all right, I needed to do that. I feel so much better now with my confidence and everything. But how did you kind of get over that hump and, like, realize I need to open up to people? Um, I think because I was giving advice to people that I wasn't taking. So... I was trying to be like a really good, you know, friend, teammate, captain, and I'm I'm going around and I'm making sure that everyone was okay. I would have the small conversations with people. If I thought somebody was down, I'd be like, open up, talk to me. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't do this myself. Um, and I, if I were to have a conversation with somebody and they were just like gonna hold back and like, I knew they wanted to tell me something, but they wouldn't say it. It was like frustrating. And I'm like, I do this to the coaches like all the time. Like I do this to people all the time. Um, I think that was part of the change too. And then like, I guess just one time when you finally just like open up and you have a conversation, you're like, Oh wait, that's like not, that wasn't bad at all. Like I can do that and it helps. Um, and I, I really, yeah. I mean, um, my coaches just were always like, they were really good about reading me. Like if I thought that I looked like I was, that things were totally fine. It was really cool. They would be like, all right, what's up? What's wrong? And I just tell them and it was never the thing is like it I just felt like what was wrong there was never something wrong it was just like what I was feeling wasn't ever significant enough to share it's like I, I knew I had these teammates that were going through actually really hard things like people were getting injuries or they had somebody that was sick at home and like I mine was just myself putting like this pressure that didn't even exist on myself and I just felt like I wasn't um you know being perfect and and being perfect, not being perfect, like is normal and nobody else, nobody's going to be perfect. So I just feel like I struggled to even say that this is what I was struggling with. Cause I was like, my problem is so little compared mm -hmm. to these things going on. But, um, 
I didn't have to make it such a big deal. Like I could have just had the conversation to start and it would have been totally fine. So that's kind of like where I was at with that. And then as a coach now, is that something that you see in a lot of the girls that you're coaching? Is that, do you like recognize that do you kind of relate with, relate with that and like recognize it earlier and like try to get it out of girls earlier? Is that something you see a lot as a coach? Yeah, I feel like, um, I feel like people tend to just like break down really quick about things that, that eat them up. And then you're like, all right, well, that wasn't even a big deal and you feel better and I'm happy you told me and I'm happy I'm aware of it now. So like we can go and we can go play. And I think it's, I think now just like the world in general has been a lot better about um, just like talking about things and it's okay to, to ask for help. And, and even though what I'm talking about is like nothing that's ever really been serious. Um, you can just tell like if something is just bothering somebody on the field, like as a coach, I don't know what it is, but as a person, I tend to like look to make sure like, I don't know, I look underneath the surface a little bit. So like, you know, if I know my players and she might have a smile and she might be doing great, just like if something seems a little off to me, like I don't have a problem going over there and be like, Hey, what's up? Like, if you need to talk, come to the office after practice and just let me know. And um, I'm surprised that like a lot of people do actually, you know, do that. They come in, they just tell me what's on their mind. All right, great. Um, if I can help, I help. If not, we just talk about it. And then from there, um, I think it's a little bit easier for them to move on. That's definitely a huge point. I think a lot of people just try to keep it in. I think as athletes, we hold ourselves uh, to a high standard. So it's definitely hard to come out. I can think of multiple times where I didn't say a word in circumstance, held it in and lost sleep over it. So mm-hmm. it's definitely huge to come out for that. I guess so. Uh, you were a great athlete growing up. Uh, did your sort of personal goals evolve at, when you got to college? Did you have personal goals in high school? Did you reach them? And did they grow over time now that you're playing for Team USA, you're at the pinnacle of lacrosse, so. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's kind of funny how things work out, work out because I, my whole life, I was like, I want to be a professional athlete. Like, if you asked me what job or career, I was just like professional athlete. And I never said a sport because I was pursuing something. I was pursuing lacrosse probably the hardest and there wasn't like professional you couldn't be a professional lacrosse player but like something always like made me just like want to get to that level um I always said like I want to be in the Olympics like everything like that and and people believed it like people told me like oh you're gonna be in the Olympics one day and I'm not gonna lie like it was a little disappointing when I did take the lacrosse route where I'm like oh I'm never gonna be in the Olympics I'm not gonna be a professional athlete like gonna have to I was, I was like, oh, I had to pick up snowboarding so I can get in the Olympics with that. Like things like that was like actually in the back of my mind. Like I just, I like to compete and I, I you know, I like to be an athlete. And um, so my goals are just always to be the best and, and always improve. Um, and it's because I loved it. It wasn't like, oh, I have to do this for other reasons. It was just because that's kind of just like, it was like a thrill for me. So um, obviously in high school, it was, you know, to be a college athlete. And then in college, it was, um, I just wanted our team to win a national championship and, you know, whatever I could do to be the best teammate I could be, whatever I could do in the field to make that happen. That was my goal. And then post-college, um, I couldn't even have really goals of anything else, the next level at that point, because it didn't exist. And I always wanted to be on team USA, but, um, in college I went to the tryouts twice it was like when it was like open tryouts or maybe it wasn't open, but like they invited like a hundred people. Um, and I didn't make like the first round cuts for both of those. And I was like, I always always like accepted it. I was like, it's okay. I'm still in college. Like I have time. Um, and then I think when I, it happened, like 
the year I, my last year of college when I didn't make it, I kind of in the back of my head was like, all right, maybe this is over for me. Um, and then I just, I was lucky enough to pursue the WPL and UWLX. And just from that, and like, I, I played pretty well. Um, I kept training. I kept working hard. Like, I don't know what it was. I just like always trained as if like I was going to be in the Olympics and like, I don't know why. Um, I guess I just loved it. And I was about to like almost start pursuing, like maybe I should do um, triathlons or something like that uh, because that's something that like you can still do. And then I had got a call um, for the training U S training team. And I was like, Oh, I had no idea this was going to happen. And um, I've had a few opportunities with them since. And um, I've been on it for almost a year now straight. So uh, it's been great. Um, so my goal obviously is, is, you know, to try to make that roster, but you know, along the way, I've just been enjoying it. I have some great teammates. Um, when I went to the, you know, training weekends, it's just like incredible how skilled these players are. Um, and there's just so many young players now that are just amazing as well. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, my goals are just always, you know, enjoy it, work hard, um, prepare hard, and then just go out and play. Um, nothing super specific, but, um, I've always been huge on like, you know, if you prepare for it and then you get the opportunity and you're ready, like there's really nothing else. Um, everything else is kind of like out of your control. If you, you know, work your hardest and, and you do the little things and, um, you don't really have any regrets going into it. Like my biggest thing is like, I, I don't let myself ever say like when I get somewhere, like I should have done more work for this. Like I should have prepared more. Um, so I'm always, you know, always ready to go. And that's kind of just really how it's been. When you weren't, when you weren't making those teams in college, did you feel that way even then? Like I couldn't have done more. Did you kind of look in the mirror and look introspectively and be like, all right, like, I think I need to work on this more. Or this is a bigger weakness than I thought. And I need to start focusing on this more. Is there anything that stood out to you from there? Like when you weren't making those teams and just after not making them, just looking at yourself in the mirror at all? Yeah. So I, I, I felt like um, the first time I went to tryouts, I was very like, I I told myself almost when I got there, like, oh, I don't really belong here because it was like the people who were, you know, important winners. And then you have the people who were on the U.S. before then. And just like everyone who was like, just, you know, the glorified players that you think of. And I was just kind of like, oh, shoot, like I'm not on their level. Um, and I just like went through the, I, I worked my butt off, but like I went through the tryouts, like, not being aggressive and not trying to like prove myself and then after that I was like really just like disappointed that like I let that happen to myself so then the, the next time I went to the tryouts um I was super confident in it I thought I played well um and you know people were just better and that's just sometimes how it's going to be um and I each time I went I'm like all right I have to get better at this this and this I put the work in for the next one after that last tryout I was like, I need to be like a hundred times better than my week can. Like I need to do like, and then I focus on that going forward. But I think when it gets to the point where you're like, is there going to be a next time? Like, is there any, is there a point to still do all of this work? Um, is when I really struggled after that second tryout, because again, that's before I knew there was another team that was having this before I knew I had any other opportunities. And so I was like, so ready to be like, all right, find a new, find a new thing to do. Um, but I'm happy that I didn't. So growing up, did you have uh, 
you have this competitive drive, you have goal oriented. Did you have sort of mentors or people you leaned on? You have three siblings. Uh, was it your friends you leaned on? Was it, was there anybody that helped you along the way? Um, I just, I, I think just like my siblings and my family really, um, I had some, I mean, my parents are really like, you can do whatever you put your mind to type of people. Um, my brother was great at football, um, and baseball and my younger brother was an awesome athlete. Um, I think I just kind of took the fact that like I had the abilities and I, I just, I had these opportunities and, um, you know, I loved it and, you know, I, I did it like that. And I had some really great coaches in high school that, um, just like told me like all these things that I could be and all these things that I can do that I think on my own, I would have never really thought of. Um, they really were looking back now. They were just trying, I, I was, I was a quiet and like not really confident kid. I just like played. Um, if I was in a game and I could have probably scored 40 points, I probably would have only scored 20 because I felt like I didn't need to score those points. Like I was that type of player. I was like, I can go to the basket right now, but uh, I want her to have a point. So I'll give it to her. And they were kind of like, you could be like really good at all these things. Like you just need to, you know, don't be afraid to be like the best on the field. Like don't be afraid to have like the attention on you and, and things like that. Um, and that was like kind of a struggle that I always had. I was just like, why do we need to celebrate like milestones with scoring and this and that? And I almost like feared getting to that milestone because I didn't want everyone to be like, oh my gosh, like congrats for this. And I, I didn't want to like be like a hog. And I don't know why I ever felt that way. Um, so I had so many great coaches that were like, kind of just kept me, um, you know, on track with like, you got to keep pushing and, and want to be the best and don't worry about any, you know, outside noise, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think to my younger brother, um, he would have been like the most amazing football player. He was like a sick athlete, like hardcore. Like he just, I would, would watch his like youth football games and he would like actually destroy people. Um, he was tiny and he got some really, really bad, uh, concussions and head injuries in ninth grade in high school. And so he couldn't play sports after that. And I feel like I'm like, I had these abilities and I had this around me. So, um, I need to just take advantage of it all. So there's like a lot of different people and, and things and just reasons why I feel like, like who I leaned on and reasons why I did things the way I did them. If you could go back and talk to yourself before, before you got to college, before high school, what would be the number one thing you'd tell yourself to, to do the same or to do differently? Um, I think just in, enjoy it while you're going through it. Um, celebrate the little things. Don't be too hard on yourself. Um, you know, something I used to do is like I'd go into practice and I'd leave practice and I'd have my stats in the back of my mind, but it would be like not stats of like, oh, you had this many goals and this assist. It was like, you dropped the ball this many times. You missed this many. Like, I, I wish that I could have just like forgotten the whole like negative numbers things and just been like, all right, you worked hard. You're here with your friends. You have this opportunity. This is great. Um, keep improving, keep working voice that I started to get, uh, like I said before, when I made that change, you know, going to junior year. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like, uh, just really like, you know, enjoy it. That's probably just what I would tell myself. Yeah. 100%. Um, similar, similarly, um, if you're look, going back in time a little bit, but say a kid right now who's wants to play in college, you know, has goals of getting to where you are as a lacrosse player, 
what would you say would be the number one, like if you could create a not to do list for an incoming college recruit, who's obviously trying to reach out to colleges, um, just be the best player they can be. What would you have on that not to do list for an up and coming women's lacrosse player? Um, probably just know that you're going to have to work really, really, really hard when you get to college. Like, don't, if you're somebody that's going to go outside and you're going to hate practicing and, and you don't take your, you know, your club and, and your high school practices seriously and it's not something that you enjoy, like, it's probably not for you. Like, you have to be somebody that you have to want to compete and to want to battle every day and to do the hard things and step out of your comfort zone in order to get better. You have to be coachable. So if there's somebody that's just not coachable and, and they're clearly being forced to do all this stuff that they don't want to do. Um, also, if you're just not a good teammate, you know, if, if, if your goal isn't to go out there every day and, and you know, make your teammates look better, um, your goal for your team to win. And if it's like a, if it's more of an individualized thing, like, I just feel like the next level isn't going to be for you. So be, I would, so a list of what not to do, um, really just don't be like, don't be selfish out there. Don't be a bad teammate. Don't do, just don't try to play at the next level. If you're not ready to make things less about you, more about your team and you're not willing to put in the work and you're not willing to, um, be okay um, with stepping out of your comfort zone. And then along the lines of stepping out of your comfort zone with women's lacrosse, obviously you guys have the options to go play at a school in the Pac-12 on the West Coast. And you're obviously coming from the East Coast, whereas like a men's lacrosse player, they don't have as many options to go play Division mm -hmm. One like varsity team in, in the Pac-12. What was kind of the biggest difficulty getting what was the most uncomfortable thing with going to the West Coast and for a young player that maybe doesn't have all the options to play on the East Coast, but they have some schools calling from the West Coast, what would you kind of give them, give, give them for advice on, on making the jump out there and what was the hardest, hardest adjustment for you? Um, yeah, so I think that um, I am, I was always like a big homebody, like, I feel like I'm, I grew up in like a bubble and like a Long Island bubble, my town's small. I'm always with my family. We do everything together. So when I decided to go out there, I think everybody was like really shocked. And you know, you always hear talk like, oh, they're not gonna, you know, last there that long. They're gonna come back to the bubble. Not many people really like leave and go far um, mm -hmm. where I am. And um, I'm just like so happy I made that decision because I just felt like I experienced so many things that I wouldn't have experienced. You know, I traveled a lot. Every game that we played in, we we flew. We were in different states all the time. Um, I met people from all over the place and um, it just really opened my eyes to so many things. And, and I feel like that um, was the best part of, about it all. But um, that doesn't, that's not to say that didn't come with challenges. Like there were times where I'm like, I got back or I, I'd fly like the six hours and I'd get there and I'd be like, I miss my family. And I know that I'm not going to see them for 50 something days. And I was just like, I'm trapped. But um, on the other side of that, it just makes coming home and like you appreciate your family and, and everything like so much more. So just knowing that everyone is also in the same boat, like everyone's gonna be homesick for a little bit. Um, 
but there's just so many benefits about going far. So I just think taking the risk is important. Um, if there's a school that's far away from home, but you know that it's a fit for you academically, it's a fit for you athletically, um, don't say no just because, you know, it's not down the street. Um, so that's really what I would say with that. Definitely. Um, so you've traveled the country, uh, you've now seen women's pro lacrosse, and I think we're sort of fighting the fight together in terms of growing the game. Mm -hmm. uh, where do you see the game, I guess, in 10 years, from where you saw it 10 years ago and now 10 years later, and how you see it? Uh, if you had unlimited resources, how would you help it get to the point uh, that what you want? Um, I definitely think in the near future, lacrosse is going to be in the Olympics. Um, it's just been growing so rapidly. The, the, the more that we can expose our sport um, to viewers and, and the more that people just watch um, and learn about it, I just think that like the opportunities are endless. I just feel like it was, it used to be that lacrosse was um, centered in, you know, in just certain locations. So people just didn't know about it. They never watched the game. And, and the more that it's been, you know, in the media, like what the WPL has done, what the PL has done, just the college games in general, the more we can get it on ESPN, the more we can get it out there. Um, the clinics that people are running, the programs that exist, people are watching. And when they watch, they realize like, oh, this sport is like super exciting. It's fun. It's physical. Um, the people out there are athletes. And this, the more that more people that watch it, I just think it's, it's going to be able to just grow exponentially. So, um, you know, I see it being in, in the Olympics in the near future. Um, you know, and I, I hope it's, it turns into, you know, a staple in the Olympics. Uh, obviously it's tough because you have to field, uh, you know, your team carries a lot of players. Um, Financially, it's difficult, so I know that that's a struggle with the Olympics, but I know that the game is able going to be able to evolve to be more fitting for the Olympic format. Um, I've gotten a chance to, you know, play the Olympic format, and it, it's definitely very different, but it's fun. It's still, you know, lacrosse. Um, it's going to showcase a different type of skill, but, you know, it moves quick. You have a smaller roster. So I just think that everybody – I think the lacrosse players are just so ready to, to do what it takes to get it there. Um, whether that's, again, evolving the game that you're going to be able to showcase. But, um, you know, the format of being able to utilize the shot clocks recently, like for us in the WPL, it's a 60-second shot clock. Um, you're playing to the 50. The things have changed. And I just, like, think it's the faster it is, the more exciting it is. Um, it's, it's been amazing. And I think that that's helped grow the women's game in itself. But if I had unlimited resources, I would, I would definitely uh, – just get it, try to get a stick in everyone's hands uh, when they're younger. I would try to go to the areas that, that may not have the opportunities that other areas do. Um, I think it's great what organizations like Harlem Lacrosse does. I think that people need to start do donating their extra gear that they have. Um, start, you know, just providing opportunities for, for the youth to, to see the sport early on. Lacrosse is an expensive sport. The sticks are expensive. Uh, for women, you have your six and your goggles, but for men, you have even more equipment. So I just think to be able to do something to find a way to, you know, provide that um, opportunity for everyone to try it out. Because I think once you try out the sport, um, really, you're going to fall in love with it. And then from there, it's just going to grow. Definitely. No doubt. I'm right there with you. You mentioned, you mentioned how the game has evolved and how you mentioned how you'd like, you'd like to see it continue to evolve. 
What have been your favorite changes in the women's game as you've been playing? And looking ahead, what are some changes that you think would be beneficial to help that evolve and help make the sport more exciting? Uh, love the shot clock. So I graduated the year before the shot clock came to play in college. So I've just experienced in the pro level and, and in college it's 90 in the pro level, we have 60. And, um, I just, I don't know, as someone who likes to run in as a midfielder, it's just like going up and down. I love it. Um, no stalling. It's, it's obviously better for, um, those who are watching it, but then at the college level, I think 90 seconds, uh, is a lot of time just because I was so used to the 60. And so I know at the beginning, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, only 90 seconds, but plenty of time to play. I think it's a great rule. Um, I love the rule about defenders going in the crease. Um, I just think that allows, you know, more pressure behind it kind of, the problem with changes is initially, I think everyone is um, not against them, but it's tough because you're going to have players that rely like attackers that rely on the defenders not being able to go into the crease. And when that rule changes, you know, their whole game or their offense, it really changes. But I think the best athletes are ones that can, you know, change their game and really adapt. And so I think lacrosse forces, you know, adaptation for all the athletes. And um, I love those changes. And I think at the beginning, I might be a little resistant to them. But once I start playing, I'm like, oh, it's still the sport that I love. And it, it's still great. Um, and I'm not sure something that I I can't really honestly right now think of changes I would see going forward just because I feel like it's been pretty dramatic with the changes in the past couple of years that I couldn't see of an additional change. Um, but I don't know. I feel, I feel, I feel like, like I like the draw and I don't want that to be taken away. Yeah. Do you ever feel like the stick will ever change in terms of pocket? I just feel like it has because now you can use mesh. Right. So like whether it's mesh or these – it the the stringing has become way like the rule has become way looser so like yeah you have your same pocket size but just the, the technology that they have now like your pocket is plenty like i don't i don't know i i was somebody who like had a tennis racket as my stick in college and like i learned to put a pocket in like post college so i'm fine with the whole stick thing for women's lacrosse but i just don't get how men can play with the the really long pole like that just seems so challenging to me but it works it definitely helps them out in the transition game. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I guess we'll have the last couple questions to uh, wrap up. And um, where, are we, where are we going off of here? Um, I guess we'll ask, so your favorite purchase under $100. What would be your favorite purchase? Your purchase under $100. Oh, gosh, this is a good one. Um, I'm like a, I love sneakers. I don't know. I trying to think of my purchases recently and um, I've been pretty good not doing too much shopping this break. I, I got an apartment, so I've been getting a lot of furniture, but I feel like nothing's under a hundred dollars, unfortunately, but sneakers probably. Um, I love Nikes. Usually they're around a hundred dollars. So I'm not sure if it's under or not, but uh, I'm a big sneaker person. Last last couple of years, the most beneficial change in any of your habits or routines? Mm, coffee in the morning. Really? Yeah, I used to just like, I don't know why. I thought like before I was knowledgeable on it, I, I thought that coffee was like really bad and like stunted your growth and whatever. And then I started drinking coffee and it's been like a game changer for waking up early. 
definitely huge. Uh, biggest positive takeaway you've taken from uh, COVID and that you're going to continue to do and pass? Um, family time, making time for your family and uh, trying to find things outside of what you're used to doing uh, day to day with work and sport and your friends um, and trying to just find some other type of hobby. I think it's been challenging where it seems like at the same time, you know, work, your sport, what you like to go do with your friends, the restaurants, different places are all taken away at once. Uh, but being able to really just find something that you enjoy that uh, you can do outside of all of that. Similar, similar along those lines, but anything you're openly experimenting with or want to try in the future or try to implement into your life in the future? Yeah, I definitely haven't decided yet if I want to try to do a marathon or a triathlon. My problem is I'd love to do a triathlon, but I'm a terrible swimmer. Um, the water's too cold. I don't like to swim. So that's my issue with that. And then for a marathon, like, I just feel like I don't want to do a marathon until I'm done with lacrosse. And I just don't know when I'm going to be done with lacrosse. So those are two things I, sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm going to start marathon training. And like, I make it a couple weeks and like wait I should probably just do sprinting right now so that's what I'm a little bit experimenting with sometimes so hopefully in the future I'll, I'll do one of those that's what I was gonna say do you think like training for a marathon is gonna hurt your lacrosse where do you where do you kind of draw the line on where it's like when you're doing like your distance workouts where do you kind of draw the line where it's like all right this is too much and I have to keep it under this many miles or this pace like what's what's that kind of fine line for distance versus the faster twitch stuff if I do a long run, I try to not go over seven and I don't do a long run too often anymore. I'll do it. Like I'll do like two long runs a week. And then every time else, like every other time I do a run, I try to do around a 5k and just go as fast as I can. Um, I know it's not going to be beneficial for me to go over for my body to go over like the seven miles. Um, but I think that, you know, again, later in the future, it's probably something that I would, you know, work towards. What's the longest you've run? I uh, probably just have done 10 at some point. Um, I know, like, I know I can do a half marathon, but I almost just like don't even want to do it because then I feel like I'm just going to want to do like more from there. And I just am trying to like hold back with that. I don't think I've gotten over five. I'm going to be completely honest. It's probably the smartest way to do it. I, I, I try to keep it under, but. All right. As a, as a coach or athlete, what do you lose the most sleep over? And when you're feeling overwhelmed, what's your favorite thing to do to unwind? Um, I just sudden death, just like, like overtime games. I think it's like, I have like PS, PTSD from uh, my senior year of college, like just ending your season uh, in sudden death right before the final four was definitely tough. And so I always get nervous when the game's tied as a coach at the end of the game because I'm like, I don't want these girls to experience that. But uh, I also, at the, on the other side of it, like, I kind of love it. Uh, it's exciting. Um, and I'm so sorry, but what was that second part of the question you asked? When you are feeling overwhelmed, what are your favorite things to do to unwind outside of lacrosse? Um, I like to bake. Um, I like to go to the beach with my friends. If I ever have a weekend off and it's wintertime, I'd love to go snowboarding, um, hiking, just like the outside, I, I like to go on walks. Um, I've been doing a lot of that this quarantine. My sister and I were like, maybe we should walk a marathon. Um, so 
we've been doing lots, lots of different things kind of just to uh get a breath fresh air um favorite social media accounts that you extract the most value from whether it be lacrosse or just from a mental motivation perspective um books or favorite books i guess hmm probably i don't know i like uh I don't know which account specifically, but like ESPN will put up, put up like Instagrams of just like kids doing these like incredible things and just like people, there's like videos of creative sports videos. I don't know. I like that. I'm not huge on social media, to be honest. Um, I'm more of like, I scroll through the explore page and I like, if I see something cool, I'll follow it. But um, I think it's been great for lacrosse, just like the amount of content people have been putting up, like, hearing from like a seeing taylor cummings marie kylie all of them just like putting up content of what they're doing their workouts um everything like that i think it's been really great to see and then you see a lot of the younger kids following along and um you know tagging them and completing these challenges so that's been really nice um i also have i don't have a tiktok but um i've seen some pretty funny tiktoks recently i don't think that's a specific account but like, I feel like it's just been a, it's been a craze this quarantine. Yeah. It's, it's definitely dangerous to download yeah. <laughs> and scroll through there to five minutes turns into an hour real fast. Do you, do you read books at all? I do. Um, if you could, if you could give one book as a gift, for what, what would that number one book be to give as a gift? So I'm awful. Yeah. I'm awful. at remembering titles and authors, but I read a lot. So like every time I talk about it, I get so embarrassed. Cause I'm like, I just read a book and I can't even tell you what it's called, but I did read a book, um, the beginning of the year where the crawd dad sing, I think it's called where the crowd. Yeah. And it was a great book. Um, so I would definitely suggest that to anyone to read. I've been, fin- I've been doing a lot of like mystery books and, um, Harlem Coben, I think I- I'm awful at names, but it's, I, I've been reading a lot. I just couldn't tell you what it's called. I think I'm gonna do a better job in the future of like actually looking at the title and the author so I can suggest them. Is the Crawdad book, is that nonfiction? Yeah. Or fiction? Fiction? Uh, it's a nonfiction. Nonfiction? Yeah. Um, no, wait, I don't know, it's fiction. Fiction? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so last question here. If you could put something on a billboard for billions of people to see every single day, whether just waking up or driving to work, what would you put on that billboard? Uh, my dog. I got this puppy. He's literally like the cutest thing ever. Um, I would put him up in his Instagram account and I'd make my dog Insta famous. <laughs> he's got like 20 followers, but he's very cute. He's a sheep doodle and I just feel like, I don't know, I would love to see him on a billboard um it'll be him and his instagram tag yeah exactly um no but probably but being more serious it would be awesome to to see a billboard of anything lacrosse like whether men's or women's uh whether it's team usa or the pro league just lacrosse i feel like you never really see you know obviously not on a billboard but just when you're driving in your car you don't pass something you're like oh lacrosse like i feel like you have to be involved in the sport in order to really know a lot about it um Mm -hmm you're not passing stadiums like you do baseball stadiums and football stadiums. But uh, that's why I think it would be huge if, you know, you had something out there on a billboard that can promote the sport. Definitely.
like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. Connor? That sort of wraps it up. That Great. wraps it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, man, that was awesome. Uh, I was – honestly, I there were so many similarities that you said that I just hold water, like the – how, like, the sport of lacrosse, like, has changed each year as you developed – like the stats that you look at in practice, like how you hold yourself accountable. It's like, I, I go through the same exact stuff. So it was, it was cool to hear. I know. I like feel crazy, but I'm like, I'm sure that other people probably go through the same thing. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that's also like, it, it's what allows athletes to get to that next level. And as much as parts of it are probably unhealthy, it's also just that, that mentality. I think it's just so hard to kick. Right. No doubt. Yeah, that was cool. I, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate okay. that. Thanks, guys. Yeah, this is great, Amanda. So, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be staying in touch here as yeah. we get things going a little bit. All right, definitely. Enjoy your weekends. All right, you yeah. too. Thank you again. Bye.